I'm curious how many of you are looking for some divine direction in your life. Maybe some guidance about what's coming up. Maybe some of you, maybe I'm the only one, but maybe some of you um, are feeling that uh, desire, that need to have some guidance from God about what's coming up in your life or, or what decisions to make. We're in part three of a four-part series called Divine Direction. As a pastor, the most common question that I get, most often asked is some form of the question that says, how do I know what God wants for my life? Divine direction, seeking it, asking for it. And part of the reason that we're seeking divine direction, I I think is today, it it seems as if people can be uh, not great decision makers. We've talked about a few reasons that, that making decisions can be difficult over the past several weeks. And, and one of the reasons that making decisions can be difficult is because there are so many options. It seems like today there are more options uh, than even not so long ago. Far too many options to make a decision. Another reason that making decisions can be difficult is because we have this illusion of perfection that that seems to be compounded by social media where you see pictures of other people's lives or read stories about what's going on for them and you think, well, that person has it all put together. Their life is perfect and and my life, well, well, it's not that. This illusion of some other people's perfect life. And because of this illusion of perfection at times, we don't want to make an imperfect decision. If, if I choose this, well, that means I'm going to miss what might be perfect coming up instead, and we make no decision at all. I think another reason, perhaps, that it's a challenge for some people growing up today to make decisions is because we make a lot of decisions for other people. Uh, this is a particularly a challenge, uh, perhaps, for children, uh, for youth or young adults who've grown up where, where much of their decisions have been made for them. You're going to sign up for this. You're going here. You're doing this program. You're doing that activity. And, and some people call that being over-programmed. Maybe you know what that's like or struggle with it in your own life or in the life of your grandchildren. And so sometimes I think we have people that struggle with being indecisive because they haven't really practiced that decision-making muscle. I struggle with this at times with our own children. What are decisions that it makes sense for our kids to make on their own? And what decisions are, that's just the way it's going to be in this household. I want to provide the right amount of autonomy and also the right amount of freedom, uh, the right amount of guidance, but not too much. And it can be a struggle to know how authoritative or how not authoritative it can be as a parent, even in this struggle, right? It's hard for me to make a decision about what's the right amount of guidance, I imagine something like this happens for you as well. There's also uh, what some people would call FOMO, the fear of missing out, F-O-M-O, for those that may not be familiar with that term. Uh, I'm afraid if I take this opportunity, I'm going to miss out on everything else. And because I'm afraid of missing out on everything else over here, I can't make a decision to do what's right in front of me. And so instead we make no decision. And and oftentimes... uh, or we don't make decisions is, is far more troublesome than one where we just make a commitment and decide to go ahead in that direction. This is how the problem of indecision impacts so many people these days. So how do we become more decisive? And, and perhaps more importantly than that, how do we make decisions that God might have in mind for us? How do we find God's divine direction? Our focus for today is trusting God's process. Trust the process. 
We're going to take a closer look at Paul's story from Acts chapter 20 to see what we can learn for our own lives today. And let me give you a little bit of context for this passage of Scripture. Paul is talking about a significant decision that he had to make. Paul loved where he was in the town of Ephesus. He loved it. These people were his people. This place was his place. He felt at home there. He could have spent the rest of his life doing what he was doing there in Ephesus. He was very, very happy by all accounts. Then he felt prompted by God to leave where he was and to go somewhere else. He called the elders of the church in and explained to them, God is moving me on. And he had a very emotional farewell with them. He loved where he was, but God was calling him to go somewhere else. Listen again to what Paul says as recorded in Acts 20. Now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what will happen to me there. What I do know is that the Holy Spirit testifies to me from city to city that prisons and troubles await me, but nothing, not even my life, is more important than completing my mission. This is nothing other than the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify about the good news of God's grace. And in these verses, we're going to take a look and and break them apart and find four steps in God's process. You'll find them over and over again, perhaps in your life, as you're seeking to be a follower of Jesus and, and to seek to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Four steps, trust the process. And the first step is this. The first step in the process is the guidance of the Holy Spirit, or as Paul writes it, being compelled by the Spirit. Now, what does that mean exactly? Acts 20, now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Paul says, I love it where I am, calling me to go somewhere else. Compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Now, the Greek word here that's translated as compelled um, really means, it means to bind or, or to wrap. It's like your, your hands were wrapped with a, a cloth or a rope and you're being pulled in a certain direction or perhaps something around your waist that's pulling you in, in an area where you, God is calling you to go. You're being drawn, you're, you're being pulled, you're being tugged in that direction. And, and maybe you don't really know what this is like. It's, it can be a little bit hard to think about that when we think about uh, our life circumstances, perhaps. But let me give you a, an example uh, from my own life that, that gives you some idea of that pull, that, that tug, um, that maybe we can learn something for that uh, when we consider being compelled by the Spirit of God. It's a little bit like when you're trying to put better food in your body. That's a journey that I seem to constantly be on. Eat a little bit healthier and, and uh, be uh, healthier as a result of that. And, and it, sometimes I do really great, make good decisions about food and am able to, to uh, stick to, you know, whatever meal plan I have in mind for us. And, but there are times, there are certain seasons where this is a struggle. And maybe this is a struggle for you too. It, it comes around every year. It's Girl Scout cookie time. You know, I buy boxes of cookies because I think I want to support the Scouts, right? It's for a good cause. They're, they're earnest and they want to sell you cookies. And there's lots of good things as a result of the Girl Scout program. But, but then you've got all these cookies. And they don't come like at the grocery store where you go back every week. You know, you can get a little bit more, a little bit less. No, no, they come all at once right? And you've got this big stack of cookies. And so I try to put them away in the cabinet and then, but you know that they're there, right? And so every time I'm walking into the kitchen, I'm going, going after something else and there's those thin mints just drawing me to the cabinet. And I say, okay, I'm going to resist that 
draw, that pull, that tug to the thin mints, and I go about my business, and I'm doing my thing, and then those thin mints, what are those again? And then I think, okay, I've got uh, to somehow resist this thin mint power that's just drawing me to them. And so I think, well, maybe if I put them in the freezer, this is going to solve my problem. Because in the freezer, they're, they're insulated, and they're down there with the, you know, the other frozen things, and I think that's not going to be, that's going to help. It makes it worse. <laughs> It makes it worse because some years ago I discovered that thin mints are actually much better when they're frozen than when they're, uh, you know, when they're just room temperature. And so then I'm being drawn to the freezer. And, and then I just think, well, I'm going to eat one cookie. I'm just going to have the one. And so I get them out of the freezer. I just eat the one cookie. And then, you know, I've got the sleeve of cookies there in my hand. And I think, well, I'll just have a few cookies. And then I try to go somewhere else. But I think, well, I've, I've already opened the sleeve. So I'm, you know, might as well finish this, you know, this set here. And then the next day, Nicole is, is looking around in their cabinets and she says, where are the Girl Scout cookies? And there's crumbs on my desk. And I said, I don't know. I don't know. But did we, have we picked those up yet? Maybe they haven't brought them by. So what I'm not suggesting is that the Holy Spirit compels me to eat cookies. That's not my suggestion. But I tell that story to give you an idea about sometimes you're compelled, you're drawn, you're tugged to do a certain thing. And the Holy Spirit can do this in our life. You can be compelled or drawn or tugged in a certain direction. And when you're seeking to follow Jesus, be on the lookout and watch for those moments when you might be being compelled or drawn by the Spirit. Sometimes it's a really, really big decision that, that changes the direction of your life. And, and sometimes it's, it's just a small thing that, that may seem insignificant and, and turns out to have a tremendous impact. This spring... Uh, John Lay's daughter called uh, the office to share that he had entered hospice care. And she wanted to let me know what was going on. She said, I don't expect you to stop by. It was in the early afternoon, and I thought, I've got a pretty busy day plan. I've got to pick up the kids, and I've got a full uh, things to do in front of me here. I'll, I'll just stop by tomorrow morning. And then I get this tug of the Holy Spirit that says, you need to go. And I say, no, no, he's on the other side of Wichita. It's a long drive. I really don't have time for this. And, and the Holy Spirit tugs at me and says, you, you need to go. And so I go, and I have the chance to visit with him and, and his daughter. And, and the next day, she calls back and, and said that he died during the night. And I'm so glad that I was able to follow that tug, that pull of the Holy Spirit in that moment. But I don't always do that. I don't always listen to the tug of the Holy Spirit. I think there are times when I miss it altogether. I think that God might be trying to point me in a direction or, or lead me into a certain conversation, and sometimes I miss it. And, and what's worse than that at times, sometimes I don't miss it, and I decide to do something else anyway, and those especially are the times that I'm trying to have happen less and less in my life. But, but it takes practice to listen for the prompting of the Holy Spirit and then to be able to follow after them. It's a journey. What about you? Are there times when you think perhaps... That God may have been pulling you or tugging you or prompting you. Maybe to pick up the phone instead of sending the text message. Maybe to stop by instead of call. Maybe to say something or maybe to keep quiet. Watch out for those moments when you are compelled by the Spirit. You'll experience them in big ways and in seemingly insignificant ways. And yet each one, each time you feel that God's Spirit prompts you, it's always important Paul says, now held by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Trust God's process. The first step in God's process 
is paying attention to when the Spirit is pulling you or tugging you, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The second step is what I'm going to call certain uncertainty. Certain uncertainty. Verse 22, now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what will happen to me there. I know that I'm called to go, Paul says, but I don't know any of the details. In fact, I have no idea what's going to happen when I get to Jerusalem. So often what we want in life is to know the details, but God, more often than not, in fact, most of the times, doesn't give us the details at all. Take the words from the psalmist in chapter 119. Your word is a lamp before my feet and a light for my journey. I love this image of, of God's word, of God being a lamp before our feet and, and a light for our journey. And imagine being in the Flint Hills at night. And, and if you're on foot, say you have a trail, there's a, you've got a flashlight, or maybe you have a lantern or a lamp, and, and that flashlight is only able to go so far down the trail. What it doesn't do is show you what's a half a mile or a mile down the road. You have no idea what's up there. But what it does do is it shows the path in front of you, the very next step or maybe the next few steps. And you know what? That's the most important part because something down the trail may or may not be there. You may or may not even get there. But if you don't want to twist an ankle, if you want to keep, stay on your feet and keep moving in the direction, you've got to pay attention to what's right in front of you. Or, or if you're driving and you're going around the curves, the headlights only go so far. It doesn't, it's not like you're driving down Main or Central and there's street lights and you can see a long ways down the road. You can only see so far. And yet that's the most important part. Because that's what will keep you safe. That part right in front of you. It's where you need to go next. It's the very next step. Your word is a lamp before my feet and a light for my journey. It's not a spotlight into the future. It's clarity and guidance perhaps only about what is immediately next, a light to our path. If you're anything like me, you want God to show you all the way. I say, God, I want to see steps four, five, and six. And what God says, I, I want to know what I say is I want the plan for my life. I want to know what the details are. And what God responds is, I'm not going to show you steps four, five, and six until you've taken Steps one, two, and three. I'm going to show you the next step. The next step. Certain uncertainty. Certain uncertainty. But yet, yet no matter where we are, there are some things that are certain. God is always with you. God will never leave you or forsake you. God will guide you step by step. Remember last week, the verse that we looked at from the Psalms, God will advise you, God will guide you, God will watch over you. All I know is that I'm being compelled by the Spirit. I have no idea what's ahead. Certain uncertainty. The third part of God's process is what I'll call predictable resistance. Mark it down on your calendar. The forces of darkness will resist what God leads you to do. Here's what Paul says. Now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what will happen to me there. What I do is that the Holy Spirit testifies to me from city to city that prisons and troubles await me. Sounds like a pretty good gig, doesn't it? Don't you want to go along with the Apostle Paul? Prisons and troubles in not just one city or a few, every city. Every city. If you serve Jesus, sometimes it will be very, very difficult. We have to understand that being ready to face opposition is part of being ready 
to be used by God. Being ready to face opposition is part of being ready to be used by God. One of the challenges that people face is that whenever things start to get tough, sometimes we're in a question, was well, this really what God has in mind for me? It, well, if, if I'm having a tough time, God must not be in on this. Have, have you ever thought that? When do you think the forces of darkness are most active? Evil may be most active when you're doing things that are exactly what God has in mind for you. When you're doing things that glorify God that in incredible ways, resistance is not necessarily a sign that you are outside of God's will. Resistance may be a sign that you're doing exactly what God is calling you to do. Just because things aren't going right doesn't necessarily mean that you're out of God's will. Whenever you're being attacked, pay attention. It may be an indication that you're doing exactly what it is that God has called you to do. Trust the process. Attention to when you're compelled by the Spirit. Know that there is certain uncertainty and that there is predictable resistance. It's not always going to be easy. Our Christian life doesn't promise an easy life, but the promise is that God will walk with us. And the final step in this process is what I'm going to call uncommon confidence. Uncommon confidence. So verse 24 again, Paul writes, but nothing, not even my life is more pleading my mission. This is nothing other than the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify about the good news of God's grace. Paul says, even though there are going to be bad and difficult times, even though I'm going to face prison and troubles, even though I don't know the details, there is nothing, not even my life, that is more important than to speak about the good news of God's grace. Now that is uncommon confidence. Something that I, that I aspire for, that, that I would desire in my life, that I would be that confident about the mission that God has for me, that I might be able to say there is nothing that's more important than this. Nothing more important than this. Paul didn't know all the details, yet what he did have was a mission from God, a mission, to, a plan to share the good news of God's grace. He was certain about this, and he had uncommon confidence that this is what God had called him to do. He followed Jesus, not knowing what the future might hold, but instead, one day at a time, the step that was right in front of him, the only step that was lighted on the path, uncommon confidence. And we might have that too. This offer to Paul is not something that God stopped doing a long time ago. God still offers us that opportunity. And the good news is that God walks with us every step of the way. Even when we don't know what the future will hold, even when we don't know what the details are, you don't have to worry so much about the future. Instead, we can be concerned with being obedient today. To follow God in the very next step. So trust the process. Pay attention to when you are compelled by the Spirit. Know that there will be a certain uncertainty, predictable resistance. And you can find uncommon confidence in Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we want to know the details for the future, but we know that we don't always get them. So we ask that instead you help us to trust the process. To seek to follow you in the very next step. 
And the very next step, and the one after that. And help us to pay attention. In your holy name.